This is Pat, one of the pastors here at the Movement Church. Hey, if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, perhaps somebody sent you a link, perhaps a friend or family member sent you a text and said, hey, you should jump on to YouTube or Facebook or go to this website and watch this message. Join us uh, this morning. We just want to welcome you here. Uh, if if you are new uh, and your first time, or maybe it's your fifth time or 50th time, but you've never connected, you've never reached out and said, hey, I'm new. If you could do me a favor right now, if you could take your smart device, like I'm holding in my hand, up your phone, if you could go to your text app, and if you could text the word new 111, the word new and the numbers 111, like you see on the screen right now, to the number 94090, that would be really helpful. Um, if you could uh, text the word new 111 to 940. Nine zero. Hey, we have a team of people, uh, when you text in, that are waiting to reach out to you. Um, they're going to reach out to you within the next 24 hours. You're probably going to get something almost immediate. Uh, we have ministry leaders in the chats right now on every platform. And so go ahead and give a huge shout out right now. If you could just put your name and where you're tuning in from this morning. We would love to see uh, who's really behind these screen names. Your name and where you're tuning in from. We just want to welcome you uh, this morning. Hey family, we've been in the book of John. We're going to be in the book of John chapter 20, verse 3 through 10. Uh, it's where we were last week. We're going to be in the same passage. We're going to be talking about a different facet of what it was we read last week. Um, so you're going to want to turn there. One of the best ways to join us uh, and to follow along, especially if you're new, uh, this is maybe the first time you've heard this, is you can right now download our Movement Church app, and you can go to Sunday Services, click Sermon Notes, and all of my notes from today will pop up, as well as all of the passages from the Bible that I'm going to be reading. But we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 3 through 10. Last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus was on the move. Jesus left the grave empty, and we we asked this key question, uh, that, that John and Peter, as they ran to the tomb to see what it was that they heard had happened, that Jesus wasn't in the tomb any longer, uh, that when they got there, John looked in, Peter stepped in first. They both ended up stepping in and seeing the linen, the grave clothes lying in the tomb. And they had to ask this key question to themselves. Was Jesus removed or was he moved from the grave or was Jesus on the move? And in your life and in my life, we have that key question that we asked last week. Has Jesus been removed or has he been moved from your life or is he on the move? I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is alive and well and we believe he is on the move. I believe he's on the move in your life, in your home, in your car, in your workplace, wherever it is you're joining us this morning. He is alive and well and he's on the move this morning. One of the biggest things that we want to do is we want to join Jesus in what he's doing. And today I want, to, I want to talk about some fundamental things before we move forward in us understanding what it is that Jesus did so we can join him in what he's doing. It's important for us to understand what Jesus did so we can join him in what he is doing. The tomb was empty. Here's the setup. The tomb was empty, except for the grave clothes that were still left in the tomb. Let's read John 
chapter 20, starting in verse 3. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then, verse 10, then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. For us to understand what it is that Jesus is doing to jump in with him, we have to understand what Jesus did. And there's something profound about the fact that the tomb was empty, but the grave clothes were still there. There's something profound about the fact that Jesus Christ is on the move and he left the tomb empty, but what he left were the grave clothes. So what I'm going to do this morning is we're going to back up to the very beginning and we're going to start and we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about our bare beginning. We're going to talk about the very beginning, our bare beginning. And we're going to talk, number two, about our burden that Jesus had to bear. Uh, So number one, our bare beginnings. In the very beginning, God created man and woman. When God created us, we walked with God in the freedom that he gave us. He gave us dominion. He gave us authority over creation, authority on loan through him. He was the creator of all things. And he said to man, you need to name, you need to oversee all of creation. Man and woman were formed and they walked and they actually bore themselves in a naked fashion. There was nothing hidden The idea is, in walking naked, is that there's nothing to hide. There was nothing in the beginning of creation for man and woman to hide from God. God gave instructions and said to the man and to the woman, "You, you can have anything you'd like. It's good for you. You have authority over it. And there's these two trees right in the center of the garden. One tree you can eat from. This other tree is forbidden. The fruit from this tree, you will never eat. You you need to adhere to what I'm saying. As you walk bare, as you walk in this with this vulnerability, you need to steer clear of this tree. This 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 guy named Satan steps into the picture, comes to Eve and begins to get her to question what it was that God said. And it brings us to the point of this story where Adam and Eve now are faced with a decision on what to do with the fruit that's being born from this tree. Genesis 3, verse 6. Let's read this together. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Now, I want to define for you what the word naked means. For most of you, 
This is not going to be a study of the birds and the bees, but this is a biblical study of what the word naked means and what the implications of this word mean for you and I in humanity today on April 26, 2020. The word naked means unveiled, bare or bare-faced, unqualified, and undisguised. So here we have this picture of Adam and Eve walking bare, walking unveiled, walking unqualified because God was the one who qualified them. God qualified Adam and Eve to walk in the garden and have authority over creation. God was the qualifier. Adam and Eve were not the qualifier. Adam and Eve wanted to be qualified themselves So they ate of the tree that they shouldn't have eaten. And they walk undisguised until the moment that they broke this trust between them and God. And it says they realized they were naked. And let's look in the very next verse, in verse 7, it says, So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Adam and Eve, what they were doing was they were attempting to mask the shame and the sin, but they did it without success. They were attempting to mask the shame of sin. Simply put, sin, sin is missing the mark. That's it. Sin is simply missing the mark. The mark that they missed was they were instructed to not eat of this tree that they could eat from anything else and they missed the mark. They failed at what it was they were instructed to do and to not do. They failed, they missed the mark and they sinned. Now they were dealing with the shame. And so what they, Adam and Eve were attempting to mask the shame of their sin. I know in my life, and I'm sure this, have you ever said this before? Have you ever made a mistake? Have, has there ever been in your life? Have you ever missed the mark somewhere in your life and you've thought to yourself, I got it covered. I can take care of this. So many times in my life, I remember growing up, I get myself into trouble and I got it covered and I would try to cover over the thing that I did and say, I got it covered only to realize that it never quite covered everything. It always left me exposed that I couldn't qualify myself. I couldn't disguise myself. I could not mask my sin. I could not disguise my wrongdoing. So in the beginning, we were created naked of clothing, but most importantly, most importantly, we were born bare of the guilty grave clothes that sin robed us with. You see, the enemy, the enemy has left humanity, Satan has left humanity robed in death. He's left humanity walking with the guilty grave clothes of sin. And we have been robed in the wrong wardrobe ever since. Humanity has been robed in the wrong wardrobe ever since. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, 
Who is that one man that sin, sin entered the world through? His name was Adam. Just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin. Hold on. Death entered the world through sin. Through God. Death entered the world through sin. Why do we deal with death? We deal with death because it's a byproduct of sin. This is what this says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people. What is this saying? Because all sinned. With this passage in Romans 5, what Paul is writing to us in, in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 12, is he's saying this. He's saying humanity has attempted to disguise and qualify themselves when they felt the guilt of their wrongdoing. And all of humanity, all of humanity is dealing with the guilt of sin because we were born into, we were brought into, and we were never meant to bear Death, we were never meant to bear the burden of it. We were never meant to bear the burden of these grave clothes called sin. We were never made for it. I want to tell you something right where you're at right now. The, like Whether you're making a coffee, you're scrolling through your phone, going through Instagram. If you're driving down the road, you're at work, wherever you're at watching this right now. I want, I want to get your attention. I want you to look at me for a second. Stop what you're doing. You were never meant to bear the burden of death. You were never meant to bear the weight of the grave clothes that we've been robed in called sin. You and I were built, we were created, and we were made to walk in freedom, to be able to move freely. There is a moment in my life, there's a moment in your life when we come to realize that we can exist the way that we're going, but we were not built. We were not built to wear the wardrobe that the enemy has left us wearing. We have been born into these grave clothes, but we were not made for them. Number two, our burden is what he bore. First Peter 2, 4 says, He himself bore our sins. Who is he? Jesus. Jesus himself bore our sins. This guy Peter, who's writing this, is the same Peter who ran to the tomb, who looked into the grave and saw the grave clothes lying there. He writes, He, Jesus, himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. What is this saying? It's saying that Jesus took on the burden of death. Jesus Christ has taken on the burden of death that you and I, that you and I are carrying, that we weren't made to carry. That Jesus Christ took on the burden of death on the cross and he wore the grave clothes that the guilt of sin puts on us. He put on the wardrobe of sin. That Jesus Christ took on our burden of death on the cross and he put on, he wore the grave clothes. He wore the wardrobe of sin for the final time when he went to the cross and overcame death through the grave. 
And every single one of us, every single one of us needed Jesus Christ to do this. In Romans 3, 23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't say uh, just those select individuals who did those three things wrong. It doesn't say just, just those people that, that do the glaringly obvious and, and, and the, the external things that we can see. It's that every single one of us, every single one of us that were born, every single one of us that are being born today, and every single one of us that will be born, that all of us have sinned because we've been born into this humanity that fell short. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace. If we all fell short, we've all been justified by Jesus. Jesus Christ didn't come back to save some. He didn't come back to save the rich. He didn't come back just to save the poor. He didn't come back to save the American. He didn't come back just to save the orphan. He came back to save, to justify every single one of us that has fallen short because of Adam. Adam, the original human who, who committed the original act of wrongdoing. He came back to justify freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus, every single one of us. See, Jesus saw our sin and he stepped in to overcome it. Jesus Christ saw our sin. He looked down and he saw every single part of it. And he stepped in to overcome it. That that moment that Jesus Christ went to the cross and he, he bore our death on the sin, or he bore, he bore our death on the cross because of our sin, that in that moment, Jesus Christ was stepping in and he was saying, I am committed to overcoming, bringing authority over the death that Satan has, has, has robed you in and he's put you into where? Because you were never meant for this. So I'm going to right what was wrong. I'm going to restore what has been broken down. Jesus saw our sin and he stepped in to overcome it. God sent Jesus to overcome our sin, not just to overlook it. This is key for us to understand. Because sometimes I think what happens when we hear the message of what Jesus did, we think, man, this is amazing. God just kind of overlooks our sin because of Jesus. So we can just keep sinning. We can just keep doing whatever it is we're doing because God overlooks it because of Jesus. No, 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 no. God couldn't overlook what was broken. He had to fix and restore it. He had to overcome it. He needed to overcome it, not overlook it. Proof of him not overlooking it was him sending his son Jesus. He had to send his son Jesus to overcome the death that Satan brought that we were never to wear. Don't merely overlook it. It costs something. Our death that we should be paid. God didn't overlook it. the cost. The ultimate price was paid through his son, Jesus Christ, to overcome death, not merely overlook it. My natural inclination, your natural inclination, perhaps might be to overlook your mistakes 
by masking them. And God wants to overcome your mistakes by making them right. Hear me this morning. Your natural inclination is to mask your mistakes. And in doing so, your goal is to overlook them. If I can just mask these things, we can overlook. We, we can just move past. We don't need to worry about that the inclination of humanity becomes, I'm going to mask my mistake and overlook it. And so we get really defensive about our mistakes. You know, so when someone, if someone brings something up, we've, I've masked that. I've, I've disguised that. I've requalified myself is what we're saying to people. And, 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 and we, get def- we want to defend those positions. I've, I've masked those things. I need you to move on. There's nothing to see here. There's nothing to look at. I need you to move on because I've moved on. I've masked my wrongdoings. I haven't reconciled my wrongdoings, but I've masked my wrongdoings. And in doing so, we're overlooking and we're hoping everyone else will overlook it. And God comes and he wants to overcome your mistakes by making them right. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, we all are born into death. Hey, listen, this isn't, this, this isn't outlandish to think. The moment we're born, we're born into a system of progressively dying. We were not made to be born into this system. Death was not the intent of God. And for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So in Adam, we are all wearing the grave clothes of death. And so in Christ, we all have the ability to be made alive and be robed in the grace clothes of a savior. First Corinthians 15, 45, just after this, just after what I just read, this is what said, this is what Paul wrote. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being. Adam, God created Adam and became a living being. There he stood. He committed the original sin. All of humanity is now bearing the burden of these grave clothes, of the guilt and the shame and the death that is brought because of sin, because of missing the mark. The first Adam became a living being and the last Adam a life-giving spirit. You know what this tells me? It tells me that I was created and I was made a living being, but I don't have the ability to create life and be life-giving. It says that Adam, the first man, but the second Adam in Jesus became life-giving. This morning, 
Jesus had to bring life as the second Adam to restore the death that was brought by the first Adam. If we're going to join Jesus in what he's doing, we have to understand what Jesus did. We have to understand what Jesus did to join him in what he's doing. And Jesus Christ, he brought life as the second Adam because he had to restore the death brought by the second Adam, by the first Adam. Listen, family, much like you, we're dealing with masks right now. And I know like the other day I, I had to go to the store and I get into the car and I, I go down to Sprouts. I don't know what store you shop at. Maybe, maybe you shop at a different store. If you, if you have a store, a favorite store that you're shopping at, you, you know, t- tell us the store that you're shopping at. You can put it in the comments, but perhaps I'll start shopping there too. But my go-to store is Sprouts. And so I was heading to Sprouts. And so I grabbed my sweatshirt. I grabbed my reusable bags that I take into the store and I grabbed my mask. And I got to the store and before I walked in, I put my mask on and I walked into the store and I did my shopping and it always feels so good when I'm done, when I get in the car and I untie that mask and I take it off my face because I feel like I can finally breathe. Do, do, do you ever deal with that? Like, get, get, like give, me, give me a shout out in the comments, like hands up, amen, high five, something, if, if, if you know what I'm saying. But when I put that mask on, I, I, I'm, able to, I'm able to live life. I'm able to get through all of the things that I'm getting through. I'm able to get through the produce aisle. I'm able to complete the tasks that are in front of me, but I just feel like there's something keeping me from breathing the way that I was made to breathe. And, and maybe it's just the way that I wear the mask. Maybe it's the, the material that I, I don't know what it is, but I have a sneaking suspicion that you know what I'm talking about. And there's this, like when you pull the mask off, there's this, this, like, this breath of life that you get. There's something that you get. And what I'm saying to you this morning is that Jesus Christ, he wants us to walk unmasked so that we can breathe freely. He built us, God built us to walk unmasked. And that's why Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the garden with God freely, vulnerable, bare, nothing between us and him. He didn't create us to walk masked. And here we are. What a perfect analogy for me to think about. That God, you didn't create us to have to walk through society disguised and masked. That Jesus unmasked us so that we can breathe freely, so that we can finally breathe freely the way that we were created to breathe. Some of us are tricked into thinking we've been walking so long masked that it's just become normal to us. That we've just fallen in and said, no, I, 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 I can get through life. I can get through my day. I can complete my tasks. I can get through the quote unquote produce aisle and the store doing what I need to do wearing this mask. And we've forgotten about the freedom of being unmasked. We've forgotten about the freedom of breathing freely and having this life-giving breath that we were born to have. We've forgotten and we've just gotten used to walking around masked. 
unmasked. And Jesus Christ wants to unmask us today. Jesus Christ wants us to walk freely today. Jesus Christ came and did what we couldn't do. He requalified us when we've tried to qualify ourselves. And we've gotten silly and we've sewn little fig leaves together and we've hidden in plain sight. It's like a two-year-old, you play hide and seek and they go, okay, come and find me. And they're standing in plain sight and you're standing in plain sight this morning. I want you to know, no matter what it is that you walk through, no matter what it is you were doing last night that got you in trouble, no matter what it is that you woke up in this morning, no matter what it is that you were putting in your body this last week, no matter what it was that you were allowing your mind to be satiated by this week, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ wants to unmask those things that were hiding in plain sight, that the Father sees you and he sees everything that you've been in. He sees exactly what you're sitting in now and he knows exactly what he wants for you. And that's to have freedom and to be unmasked so that you can understand what his son Jesus did for you so that you can move into joining him in what he's doing. Are you living unmasked today? This is my question to us today. As we wrap up, this is my question for us today. Are you still living masked by your sin? Are you still living masked by your sin? Have you grown comfortable? I don't want to grow comfortable, family. I don't want to be comfortable walking around disguising my wrongdoings. Are you still walking around masked by your wrongdoings and sin? Have you, have you held on to them? Now I'm gonna pray for us this morning, and, and, and I'm going to tell you up front, this is a bit, of a, a, bit, a bit of an alert. You're going to want to join us next Sunday because I'm going to give you the antidote. I'm going to give you the solution so that you can be unmasked. We have to join Jesus in the, in the unmasking. We needed to understand what he did and why he had to do it. And next week, we're going to talk about how we're going to join him. I'm going to give you the answer. And for those of you who are thinking through this right now and you're asking the question to yourself, am I still living masked? This is going to be my prayer. We're going to pray right now. Let's all of us just bow our heads right where you're at. Just bow your head. Just close your eyes. Just take this moment. Shut everything out. I know there's a lot going. Hey, listen, family. I know there's a lot going on around you. I know just, just like my house, you probably got kids running around everything. It's okay. You may not need to, you may not be able to close your eyes. One of your kids might get into something dangerous. It's okay. You Keep your eyes open if you have to. But I want you to focus in right now. I want you to focus in on, what, on our prayer here for just a moment. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, I ask it with the authority that you've given us in your son, Jesus Christ. I ask right now with that authority, I ask for the power 
power of your Holy Spirit right now to enter into every single home, enter into every single car, enter into every single space, every single room, and every single house and every community that's listening right now. God, I ask that you would fill every space, that you would begin to change everything around us, that you would begin to give us insight in the areas of our life that we're still walking masked because you want us, you're a life giving God, that you sent Jesus Christ as the second Adam to reconcile what what the first Adam got us into trouble with. And God, I ask that you would give us insight to recognize where we're still guarding ourselves and masking ourselves so that we can walk into next Sunday primed, prepared, and ready. That we would be prepared and ready for the great unmasking, to join Jesus in unmasking what the enemy wants us to be masked. The enemy wants us to be burdened and carry the guilt and the shame of our wrongdoings and walk masked. So I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would soften the hearts of every single person listening, that God is softening your heart right now. He's speaking to your heart right now. He's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to the one who's weeping because of the trouble that they've found themselves in, because of the cycle that, they, that you can't get yourself out of. I'm here to tell you, you can't qualify yourself. You can't get yourself out of the cycle. You need Jesus Christ to unmask what the enemy wants you to bear the burden of. And we're gonna talk about the antidote next week. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what it is that you've done. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen. Hey, listen, family, you are not you are not going to want to miss next Sunday. I am going to give you the antidote. I'm going to give you the answer to walking freely so that you can breathe freely. That the burden and the weight that you've been carrying, you can walk without that burden. And you're not going to want to miss it. Until next Sunday, hey, listen, join us midweek at Wednesday Night Live at 7 o'clock. We look forward to seeing you there. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Tell your friends, share our different services, and please, please, please stay faithful. We thank you for everything that you're doing. We miss you and we look forward to seeing you. Amen and amen.